Blog Talk Radio. Feel like a Mack truck, done running down. Hey there, this is Dory Stanley with Rock the Next Stage. And that was a brief clip by our guest today, Joy Ike. You'll be hearing more of that later and more about her story. Now, if you're wondering about me, I'm a music mentor for serious musicians. For the past 16 years, I have found, groomed, and booked, believe it or not, I did the count the other day, over 900 bands and about 20 solo artists. I own Rock the Next Stage, which is a coaching and mentoring business, Next Stage Entertainment, which is booking and management and promotion, and Next Stage Drumming, which is me, because I do a lot of drumming events and classes and things. You're about to experience 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation for the music community. So, Grab your favorite beverage and sit back because we are going to be speaking with Joy Ike about house concerts and how to use them to boost your music career. Now, in 2008, singer-songwriter Joy Ike made the decision to pursue music full-time. Since then, she has played over 800 shows, including many house concerts. She has shared the stage with, and I am notorious for butchering names, butchering names, so I hope I get these right, Jeffrey Gaines, Cody Chestnut, Dennison Whitmer, Butterfly Boucher, I hope the French accent is correct, Serena Ryder, Tyrone Wells, and many more. Her percussive piano playing and soaring vocals give homage to her African upbringing, and that was one of the first things I noticed about Joy when I heard her at a house concert, because... I'm all about percussion. As far as Joy's vocals, they have been compared to Nora Jones, Regina Spector, and Fiona Apple. The intimate setting of house concerts really helps her connect with her fans and boost her career. She's going to be telling us a few tips about how you can use this as something to add to your toolbox when you're considering booking shows. She's joining us from the Philadelphia area. Joy, are you there? I am. Hi, Dory. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Sure. It's been a while. I haven't seen you in a while, girl. Uh, I've been to probably two or three of your shows here in the Raleigh area. Very, very Mm -hmm. impressed. And the whole concept of house concerts, I think, is just awesome. I've heard about that a, a long time ago. But I see that it's still alive and well, and you do quite a few of those per year, correct? Yeah, in fact, I think I met you. We met at a house concert, right? We did. We did. We'll do a shout yeah. out for Shane Baser because he's probably I know. listening in. <laughs> he, he is a great music fan, and he opens up his gorgeous home to artists who are touring in the area. He focuses mainly on Christian artists. But he loves to invite lots of people out. He's got these beautiful gardens in the backyard and all. And it just makes it so much easier when you have strong music supporters who help you out in the different towns so that you can have a little house concert in between gigs or whatever you have going on. It's true. And and I think he has probably the most beautiful house concert setting I've ever been in. He, He and his wife have this huge, just 
it's just like over overflowing and ever flowing garden that they've really given a lot of TLC over the years, and it's just the perfect stage for an outdoor concert, perfect setting. Definitely, definitely. And and also it has introduced to you because you might not have heard of you before, and will bring friends, and then those friends will come to the next show. And that has really been a good way for you, I would imagine, to, to build your career, get the word out, build your fan base, certainly. I see you have yeah. oh, like over 5,000 5, friends on Facebook. You've met your limit, girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got a lot of followers. Yeah, it's become something a little comical with trying to, you know, expand my network here in Philadelphia and not being able to actually connect with people online. And uh, some, someone always ultimately makes a joke, oh, you're a little too famous for me, or, you know, something silly like that. But it's just uh, just a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, I would imagine that the house concerts keep you going, and it's a nice change. For those of the, our listeners out there who have never experienced a house concert, it's a very intimate setting and people literally set up chairs in their living room or den or, or even outside and it could be anywhere from 20 people to 50. I'm not, it all depends on how much room they have and mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing though, it forces you to be on top of your game because you have to interact with the crowd because they're right there. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, that's also what I love most about house concerts. I think that sometimes it can be intimidating when people are literally sitting right in front of you on a couch. You know, they're five, seven, ten feet away, whereas you have this huge stage that's separating you um, at a live show or, or at a public show. But um, the, I think what makes the house concert setting so beautiful is that you really do, you can see the whites of people's eyes and there is a way for you not only to, you know, perform for them, um, perform, quote-unquote, but also um, engage with them and give them the opportunity um, to reciprocate that and engage with you. Right, and because they're so close, it also gives you an idea because you can watch the body language and, and mm-hmm. you can see which tunes are resonating with them, which ones are working, and you can also mix it up and boost the energy a little bit and get them to do some funny interactive things as well. I know that you have a lot of opportunities for that in your music because, thank you, girl, you left a lot of space for percussion. So I just love that. Oh, yeah. I know I volunteered, but you have your sister who helps you out on percussion, so that's very, very cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just a very responsive atmosphere, and and that's just the, the wonderful thing about it. You just know, you don't get the kind of interaction at public in public shows that you do in house concert settings. Every everything from um, you know people feeling free to to pipe up and say something even in between songs to people feeling um, like they can have their guard down and they can just be more comfortable in um, you know you know, clapping or, um, you know, showing a response, laughing, um, singing along. There's just something about doing music in someone's house where people already kind of have that guard down and already feel much more comfortable than they would in a room um, at like a club or something with people around people they don't know. 
Right. And unlike a venue, you have the host or their friends who actually mm-hmm. bring food. So you have lots of stuff to sample. Um, usually have drinks provided and things like that. And unlike a venue, you don't have to fork over a huge percentage uh, because a lot of these venues in the Raleigh area, you know, they'll take a nice chunk of change, a huge percentage off the top for these bands, and you're mm-hmm. left with next to nothing. So it makes it very much more supportive for the artist, but also the audience. Don't forget, uh, it's a great mm-hmm. way to meet people. The last house concert I went to, I didn't even know the person. My husband said, so you've never been yeah. to this person's house before? Nope. <laughs> and she's just yeah. knocking on the right door. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> and, you know, I always tell people house concerts are my favorite way and, in my opinion, the best way to meet new people. You know, you if, if, you, if you and a stranger, if you both don't know the host, you at least know someone else at, that, at the house and you have um, – there's always like some kind of conversation starter, some kind of mutual um, connection that helps get the get the conversation going. Um, and even if you don't know the person, the fact that you're in the house with somebody that you both know, all of a sudden there's that that can burst like this conversation that can burst a new friendship, a new relationship. I just think that homes are just they're just so much more fun. You know, something about just being relaxed and enjoying music um, is so much easier to do when you feel like you're in a space that um, has like a natural warmth, like as as the home should have, right? (laughs) Right. And it's also a a great way to add what I call a pickup show because Mm -hmm. if you're traveling all that way from Philly to North Carolina, for example, you don't want to come all the way down here for just one show, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to tie tie a house concert onto a festival or a club show or a church show or whatever you might be doing. Plus, Mm -hmm. a lot of times the host gives you a place to stay. (laughs) Or one of the friends does. It's true, you know, and, and you can do it so many different ways, but an ideal situation would be like, well, yeah, I know someone in Virginia who would love to host us for something, so we'll do a house concert in Virginia to kind of help make the drive down to North Carolina easier, you know, for an example. Um, or, mm-hmm. you know, just hike and, and make the, the drive straight down to North Carolina and do two or three things in that area. And the beautiful thing also about house concerts is that you could you could spend a whole week in one city and you would never play for the same audience because every host has their own network of friends. So it's really just the the best case scenario, um, assuming that you know enough people in, in that city that it makes it makes it possible possible for you to book that many house concerts. Right, and so folks, if you do the math. What usually happens is, unlike playing at, say, a coffee shop for tips, usually with a house party, there's a suggested donation. It could mm-hmm. be 10 bucks. I think the most I've seen is 25 And that may or may not include a CD, but still, if you think about it, okay, you're performing for a small crowd, but you're making more than you probably would in other venues, especially small venues, but even the larger ones, like I said, because they take such a huge chunk from you. So it does help you pay for gas and keep going and also sell some CDs. That's true. And, you know, the thing about house concerts is that, it's, in my opinion, it seems to be re- rewarding on every on every end, not just uh, making quality fans and not just having 
a show that you feel is successful and you feel like there's like a reciprocation going on, but it's, it's mm-hmm. the fact that people really do want to support what you do when they feel like they're in it and when they feel like they've really experienced it. Um, and there's any number of factors that make that harder to do in public venues. Um, you know, everything from being on the stage that's so far removed from the audience. Um, it could be that um, the venue didn't provide you with a good enough merch table or a merch table in, in the proper spot, and so you missed out on tons of sales simply because it wasn't in the line of sight of your audience. Um, yeah. It could be because the sound at the venue wasn't great and so people couldn't really experience you at your best. Um, but at house concerts, all that stuff gets stripped to the side. You know, you, you make it as acoustic as possible. You make it as simple as possible. And, and the simplicity is kind of what pulls people in and allows you to be you at your very best and your, um, I, I think, in your most organic version of yourself. And um, and I think because of that, when you are um, in that more comfortable setting and in a more comfortable version of yourself, you give people a true authentic experience of who you are um, as an artist and a performer. And people want to invest in things they believe in. And um, I think that because of that, you know, house concerts have always been a more lucrative way for artists to tour um, and to actually end a tour with feeling like they um, connected with their audience and they made um, uh, an income that was that was worth being on the road for however many days they were on the road. Right, and that is a great segue, actually, because I know that there's a lot of musicians out there who feel that they've got to hold on to that day job because they couldn't possibly do this full time. But I think they need to hear your story. Now, you gave up a very lucrative career in PR, right? Yeah, it was um, <laughs> it was a job that I absolutely loved. Um, I don't necessarily think I wanted to continue working with the company that I was at for um, on the, on the, in the long haul, but I really uh, loved um, working and being a publicist, and I felt that I was definitely in my element and something that I was good at, and just loved everything, all things PR and marketing. Gotcha. So you made the leap about nine years ago. So you've been on the road and you've been doing this full time. And that's a, that's a lot of years for somebody. Uh, yeah. You know, I see a lot of fans coming and going. So you've been at it for a long time and you've been able to share the stage and open for different people. So that is really, really cool. You yeah, also crazy. Did you go for, yeah, yeah. So didn't you also meet, was it Ginny Owens? With who was that? Ginny Owens. Is that someone you, I thought you went for some training or a camp or something, songwriting um, thing? I could be- you know what? Actually, I think she's going to be at the, the music retreat that I'm going to this year, and I think I know what, what event you're talking about. But it's an annual retreat that I go to, and um, it was actually Sarah Groves who I Sarah Groves, that's who loves. Yes. Yeah. She was there last yeah. year, so got to meet her and um, share an event with her, which was really an honor. Someone I've been following for well over 10, 12 years now. Gotcha. So now your style of music is very, very different because of the way you play piano. And so how do how mm-hmm. your tunes come to you? Lyrics first, melody? How, how do they come? <laughs> mm. I think they always first come as, well, you know, it's interchangeable. It changes, but... 
I, I like to think, or it, it seems to me that the themes come first, you know, the ideas, and they kind of build mm-hmm. on themselves. Um, and so I'll always kind of have it in, in the back of my mind, oh, that's interesting. I would love to, you know, think more about that and write about that. Um, but I'm always kind of waiting for the right melody to match the ideas that I'm thinking about. So I could be toying with a couple different song ideas, um, but also waiting until the right melody fits the song idea before really digging in. So it's kind of this um, interchangeable thing of, of back and forth going between little pieces of melodies that I've been working with and ideas and seeing which ones fit, um, which ones fit what and um, and how to kind of bring it together and, and make it sound um, like the ideas and the themes are um, perfectly mirrored with the melodies that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just play a clip of uh, your tune, Pick Me Up, Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it in, in just a second because I'd like to know more about why you selected this. Feel like a man tried to run me down. Didn't wait a while to threaten me down. You know I look both ways to clear my path. Looking side to side, see just where I'm at. Hey. So, yeah, I, I love it. You added all the extra pieces in there for my percussive ears <laughs> to fill in. So, cool. So, you want to give us a little bit of insight as to where that tune came from? I mean, I um, it's funny because I'm, I'm asking myself now, why did I pick that song? I think it's probably because that, that album has been out for, hmm, four and, about four and a half years now. And um, there are certain songs on that album that are kind of always the ones that people hear over and over again. But that one kind of fell to the wayside. I think it's because it doesn't have this big story behind it, and I always tend to push the songs that have some, like, deep, meaningful <laughs> backstory <laughs> or of some sort. Mm-hmm. But um, that one, I think I, I just... Uh, the, the last album was a love album, so all of the songs are kind of just about both ends of love and everything in between, you know, the love of love and the hate of love, which is kind of how I described it. <laughs> Good times and bad times. Um, the album itself was called All or Nothing, so it was about, you know, being all in or deciding that you weren't going to um, go for it at all. And um, Pick Me Up is really just about, okay, um, I have people in my life. Are they either going to be there or are they not going to be there? And am I going to be in their lives or am I not? So just um, really making decisions about um, about what what you want in life and if you're going to commit to it or not. Um, and I just love, you know, I, I love drums. I love percussion. I love just, like, the crack of a snare, and I love just really good kick drum. 
Um, so I just love, I'm all about the beat. I just like all, all about the beat. Yeah, and uh, that one's just a fun, um, for me it's a fun pop song. Um, that's not, you know, super heavy, but kind of fits the theme of the whole all or nothing idea. Cool. Right. So that's from the All or Nothing CD, folks. There's also a tune on there called Promised Land, which I happen to notice on your website is being mm-hmm. used by the Brazil Tourist um, Brazil's Tourist yeah. Commission, right? Wow. Yeah, that, that so that's really instrumental. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote that Promised Land, um, to make a very long story short, I wrote it just about um, you know, just being um, a daughter of immigrants and just like the the hopes and dreams that your parents and your family have for you and then, you know, how those kind of, um, you kind of have to reconcile those with your hopes and dreams living in a new country and um, all of those things. Um, and I, the whole time I was writing the song, it just, I kept hearing like castanets. I kept seeing, you know, one of those like Spanish women dancing in one of those big tango dresses mm-hmm. with like red heels and everything. And I did, there was just like this vibe that was super, um, super Spanish sounding. I wish I could uh, isolate it to like a specific country or, um, but I don't really know um, too much um, about Spanish culture as much as I would like, but I just kept hearing this like very um, tango-ish type vibe. And so we recorded it and it kind of translated into that. And then about a year or two later after the album came out, um, uh, it, a videographer who had, was working with the Ministry of Tourism in Brazil ended up using it for um, their vi- video that was used to kind of uh, promote uh, Brazil as a country for people to come and visit. So, um, and it was just, uh, just, it was just a really cool thing that happened, and it was just cool to think that you know this person was on the other side of the world um, had this idea and created this beautiful piece of film and then me on this other side of the world created a song that matched so perfectly with that um and you know that's what i that's why i love art uh it's just art is just so beautiful that can bring people together from complete opposite ends and um help them to create and collaborate and do something beautiful Right. It was a beautiful video, and I loved how you pulled up the strings and a couple of other things uh, to make it pop a little bit more. So, yeah, a great instrumental piece there. So good for you. Thank you. (laughs) However, let's tell tell folks she's not from – her parents are not from Brazil. We want to talk a little (laughs) bit about that story real quick. No, my parents are from Nigeria. Um, uh, Well, I guess I should say I'm from Nigeria. I'm Nigerian. Um, My parents immigrated here a little over 40 years ago now. And um, they came specifically um, for the education and just to kind of uh, make a start for themselves and to um, establish themselves in a way that they wouldn't have been able to over Nigeria. So um, my parents came here, and as soon as they got here, you know, getting a good education um, was absolutely supreme and um, was what they wanted also for my siblings and I. Um, So after I graduated from college and started working professionally, it was definitely um, a little hard for them, I say. I would say, just to <laughs> to see me kind of deviate and do something that wasn't <laughs> what they had originally exactly. planned, which I think... Wait a second, our also, daughter's not going to be a doctor? She's a musician? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I've had that conversation many times. 
so, and that's sometimes even why that song Promise Land is important to me because it's just all about those promises and those ideas of what you want and what you think you want and what other people want for you. And, um, but yeah, they're, they're really supportive now. I mean, I think that they would still want something other, other than what I'm doing for me, but, mm-hmm. um, they, they, they see what I'm doing now and they, and so that means well. So sometimes you do come out solo, but other times I've seen you out there, uh, you've got a full band, right? Yeah, I play with an upright bassist and a drummer, um, but I also do a, a duo setup too, which is just me and a drummer, a drummer who happens to be my sister, who is a really um, amazing and unique percussionist. And I think just yeah. because of the fact that we're sisters, we tend to, we mesh very well in our playing style and compatibility and just how how that all goes together. Yeah. Shout out to Sis there. Tell her I well, she's probably listening. I just love what she adds <laughs> to the tunes and also very, very cool. <laughs> I'll pass that on. <laughs> Good deal. So now we only have a few more minutes here, Joy. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Any any tips that you can share for anyone who's thinking about possibly adding house concerts to their assorted uh, styles of shows and things like that. Yeah, you know, I um, I really want to urge artists not to worry and stress out about joining online networks like um, Concerts in Your Home or HouseConcerts.com or any of those. Uh, I'm not even quite sure which all the other ones are. But I, I really think that um, if if you, the artist who's listening, can focus on your own fan base, the people that you played for, the people who are on your mailing list, who already um, know and love your music and know what you sound like, those are the people that are going to be most willing to welcome you into their home. Um, so if I could give one big tip in, in tons of little like uh, steps, I would say at your show, after you have... Um, encourage people to sign up for your newsletter and even pass that newsletter around. Follow it up the next day or two with a welcome to the newsletter type email, um, thanking people for signing up and, and posing the idea, um, you know, hey, if you if you enjoyed what, you know, you heard last night or over the weekend um, and you would love to put together something like a, like a house concert for your family and friends in your home, um, I would love to share more with you. Um, it's you know it doesn't need to be a lot of people, twenty or so people um, who deserve, who love music and who you'd love to share my music with. Um, it's really important to keep it simple and just encourage people that they don't need a reason to have a house concert except for just to get friends um, together and just um, appreciate good music. Um, I personally think the best house concerts are potlucks, so that's something that always kind of pulls more people in, gets them more excited about coming. And also I want to direct, to direct people um, to my website. I do have a house concert page right on the um, – you'll see a link right on my front page of joyike.com. That, um, it's a link that I send people in my welcome to the newsletter email um, so that my fans can get an idea of what it looks like to host a house concert. Um, I think people can be yeah, intimidated by the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very, very smart to kind of lead them through what to expect and that sort of thing. And, of course, exactly. since you're building a community in person, but also it's kind of spreading out online, it's a great way to say it. 
especially because you've got them on your newsletter now and, and they realize that you're doing this on a regular basis. Hey, is there anybody in Virginia, for example, I'm going to be coming through the area? And I'm, I'm sure you have no exactly. problem getting people to step up to the plate. Exactly. And that's something I've done a lot in my monthly email newsletter. I'll say things like, this is where I'm touring through next month. I still have a hole here and here. I'll be passing through this state. If you're interested in hosting something, please let me know. Um, I think some people yeah. are afraid to ask sometimes. They don't want to seem needy or they don't want to ask for things too much. But I, I say you never know how people will respond unless you ask. And you could be missing out on an opportunity for a great show. And more than anything, your fans could be missing out on an opportunity to get to know you better and to do something they were already hoping to do at some point. Exactly. And if people have been listening to me long enough or checked out my YouTube channel or anything like that, I use this expression right. a lot. You don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> so totally. You, exactly. If you don't speak up, how are they going to know what you need or what you would like exactly. to do? So good for you. So let's exactly. tell everybody where they can find you again. If folks, you can go to joyike.com. That's J-O-Y-I-K-E. And you can mm-hmm. check out her tunes and her information there. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere else, <laughs> pretty much. As exactly. for me, I'm at Rock. Yeah, she's, she's easy to find, very accessible. I'm at rockthenextstage.com is my website. Again, I'm all, I've got a Facebook page for both that one and Next Stage Entertainment. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, just about everywhere. As well, uh, I have a book out there, Find Your Divine Rhythm, A Creative Success Formula. That's on Amazon. And as always, if you have any questions, just shoot me an email, Dory, D-O-R-I, at rockthenextstage.com. I offer people a free 30-minute strategy session if they want to discuss how to move their music career forward. All righty, Joy, I hope to see you real soon. Are you coming to this area soon? I don't have any immediate plans to be in uh, in Raleigh anytime soon, but actually I'm hosting a house concert for a Raleigh artist this Saturday, ironically. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that funny? Thanks, forward. Uh-huh. Good for you. Well, I'm uh-huh. sure that we will, we will catch up very soon. So uh, I should ask you a quick, any callers have any questions? I'll open up the lines real quick. Anybody have any questions before we sign off? Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> All righty then. I will. Hey, I have a question. Out. Aha! There is somebody. Go right ahead. And who is this? Hey, this is Johnny. Hi, Joy. Oh, hi, Johnny. How are you? <laughs> I know I'm that good. voice anywhere. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. Um, earlier in the show, you mentioned um, how you basically for the most part, just kind of like, I, w- I want to say drop everything and pursue your music career. Um, mm-hmm. But it kind of sounds like you kind of was faced with ultimatum almost. Like if this is something that you truly love and you want to do, then you have to go all in for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how did you, I guess my question is, because I mean, you know what I am like trying to do. And so like, how mm-hmm. did you, build that support system like around that like what kind of what kind of strategy did you um take 
when it came to building that support system because I feel like when decisions like that are being made, you definitely need some type of, like, support system around yeah. you. Yeah, that was a really great question. And someone else had actually emailed me this same question a couple of days ago um, or a couple of weeks ago now, and I told them, you know, I had thought about um, about pursuing music full-time for at least a full year before I actually did it. But even before okay. that year started, I'd also at that point, it was probably a total of three years that I was working on on music stuff before I actually ever did um, quit my job. Um, and so there was a lot of groundwork that I was doing, and I don't necessarily think you know if I if I was thinking about it in that sense, like that it was groundwork. Um, but there was a lot of fan building in my own city and making sure that I was playing out a lot. I was working working my nine to five during the day, but still on the weekends trying as much as possible to play out and get my name out there and, um, you know, build that local support so that when the time did come and I did leave my job, I was able to, I knew one that I had um, people who were working to book me in Pittsburgh, my, my hometown at the time, and then I could focus on growing my market in another city. So, you know, there was Pittsburgh and then there was a new city that I work on. And after I toured a lot through um, another city, I would add on yet another city. So it was kind of this little small growth, little by little. But I think, like, if I were to, to give a, um, uh, a, I don't know if there's necessarily a simple answer, but I think that it has to be a strategy of dreaming big or thinking big but starting small. And uh-huh. instead of focusing on, you know, maybe like a whole city focusing on a, a specific community or maybe two or three specific communities in your own market where you already have a few connections and people who um, are interested in what you do and know you personally and can um, invest um, financially and emotionally in your vision. And then uh-huh. using the successes that you have with those one-on-one personal relationships you have to kind of grow what you're doing um, on a more macro level. But I think it's always about um, working with the the relationships you have until your network becomes more than just the people you know personally. And that's when you know you're you're really on the right track is whenever, you know, a year, two, three, four down the line, you don't know everyone. You know, your fan base will always start with the people that know what you that know you, but eventually you'll know you're growing because you don't know everyone personally. Right, and you know what else, Johnny? If you go, there was a, a podcast guest a while back. His name was Joey Smith, and he's a drummer. And if you go to rockthenextstage.com, dot com, go to the podcast section. He did his interview was all about networking and how he grew his fan base and also got a lot of gigs and opportunities just by networking with lots of other people and you know being seen, but also paying it forward. He had a great model, I call it the pay it forward model, that really helped people remember him and his band and wanting to work with them. So keep in mind that you, you can't do this alone. It does take reaching out and interacting in the community and getting yourself known as the go-to guy or gal for the female listeners. But anyway, great question. We're going to need to close this out. Thank you so much for joining us, Joy, again, and guests. 
and mm-hmm. come back again next Wednesday for another exciting episode of Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley. Till next time, keep on rocking. Thanks, guys. Bye, Joe. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>